Hi Ventures and welcome back to another episode of the Just Checking In podcast. I'm your host Freddie Cocker and this podcast is brought to you by Vent, a place where everyone, but especially men and boys, can open up about their mental health issues, break down stigmas and start conversations. In each episode, I check in with a special guest. We have a natter and a chat about all things mental health as well as anything and everything else they are passionate about. If it helps that person with their mental health, we discuss it. In this episode, I'm checking back in with another guest I checked in a long time ago on the podcast. Jack Circuit is a designer, YouTuber, DJ, and one part of music record label Love Time Guarantee, which is made up of his longtime Sussex uni friend and also friend of mine, Jack Lydon, and also my close friend and close friend of the pod, Lloyd Taylor, who they all met together on a tiny island in Asia, bizarrely, when they were travelling. Really is a theory of six degrees in the smallest world when that actually happened and I came across me on my social media. Jack originally came on the pod in JSIP 28 and spoke about his and Jack's Soul City Club nights they ran in Brighton, the not-for-profit collective he ran back then as well, Arts Club, and his experience of living with tinnitus. In this episode, three years on, we discuss the genesis of Love Time and the achievements of it since it was created, his transition away from DJing predominantly into YouTube and design, and also how he manages his tinnitus now. We finish by discussing the positive impact his girlfriend has had on him and the improvements he's made to his lifestyle as a result, including abstinence, and how we both reflect on our life and where he wants to be as he is now 30 years old. So this is how part two of my conversation with Jack Circuit went. Jack, welcome back to the Just Checking In pod. Thank you for letting me check back in with you and thank you for coming to my flat in East London to record this. Last time I was with you, the pod was in a very different place, technology-wise. I was recording it on my phone. We were at your very bohemian University of sussex style flat in Homerton. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, having a great day and thanks for having me around. It's a lovely place you got here. Oh, thank Definitely you Definitely an upgrade much, on the last time. Yeah, upgrade on the flat, upgrade <laughs> on the tech, <laughs> everything, mate. A lot has happened since we uh, last spoke in both our lives, professionally, musically, everything in between. So uh, without further delay, are you ready to start the show and talk all about it? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. I want to start your part two, mate, by discussing your professional journey, as this could have easily been one of my Behind the Decks episodes. You've been a DJ for a very long time, but you have pivoted. You were keen not to limit yourself in the frames of our podcast. But let's begin with DJing, because I want to chart the transition, shall we say. So tell me how you, Jack Lydon, and close friend of the pod, obviously, Lloyd Taylor, set up your baby, your record label, Love Time Guarantee. Yeah, Love Time Guarantee was started i think let's have a think about about three four years ago now and myself and jack were always talking about doing something else after soul city Um, which for the listeners was your previous baby in the university of sussex days Mm -hmm. those were the days mate they really were they really were audio now patterns (laughs) many a good time had in that dingy basement 
It's a long... Sweating my bollocks off. <laughs> long old time <laughs> yeah. ago now. But yeah, so... Yeah, we always spoke about doing something else. And one day, time is right, and we kind of came up with this. The initial concept was going to be this mature version of Soul City for... Still Soul, basically. It's... Just adult Soul. <laughs> rather yeah. than teenage Soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For the more mature Soul. Well, That the... was the mantra. Love the more mature Soul. We've already said it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, there's an actual tagline, which is kind of half official... Uh, which is for the modern soul, right? So uh, that's more it, like James Brown, sort of. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so kind of close, but yeah, we came up with that kind of idea. The original idea, uh, we put this in like a, a deck that we're going to send people, and uh, we have sent it to quite a few people since then. It was going to be more kind of people who wanted luxury in clubbing, so it's going to be these are venues that were like kind of listening bars, smaller, more intimate spaces. Versus, you know, the much, much bigger stuff. The big uns, uns, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then Lloyd, who we both know. Mm-hmm. Somehow, we, we we had our mutual friend Lloyd. I remember messaging you literally when he was on holiday travelling. I was like, Lloyd, how the fuck do you know Jack Lydon <laughs> and Jack Circuit from uni? He was like... Fred, we met on this island in the middle of Cambodia or somewhere. I was like, fuck me, the yeah. theory of six degrees. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Met on an island in Cambodia. We we turned up to a hostel. He was behind the bar. And that's when <laughs> we, we first... Sounds like Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, that's when we first met Lloyd. And then... And then what yeah. a small world, eh? Yeah. The world is massive and yet very small. Exactly. And yeah, Lloyd, Lloyd was really interested in it as well he shares very similar tastes and actually for the first love time guaranteed party it was lloyd and jack that did it because i actually like pulled out early on because i was like i I just i actually i can't really do it at the moment i don't have the energy the love for it and i actually pulled out you needed the love to do love time guaranteed there you go (laughs) the love time was not guaranteed at, at that point but they did a party I was at the first one, it was lit. Yeah, Dal- the Dalston one, mm. Dalston Den. Okay. Smoke everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, too much smoke, a lot of yeah. smoke. Uh, Could have killed someone. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I know, everyone was okay. Uh, yeah, health and safety disclaimer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I came along as a punter, actually. You then... did, yeah. You Did you do a DJ set at the start? Maybe like a warm-up? No, no, no that was no. Jack. The that other was Jack, Jack, okay. And I, yeah, I, just, I just fell in love with it again. So I was actually going to step away, let Jack and Lloyd, take it because they were doing an amazing job i actually kind of groveled back to the like <laughs> it's like futurama quote crawling back like <laughs> yeah. a bird on its belly <laughs> delicious <laughs> gotta call them as like guys i made a mistake i want to get back in and yeah we we kind of formed together and mm. it's been it's been going mm. well ever since you've really. done about four or five nights so far yeah i, I reckon about five yeah five, yeah about five, how yeah. as a record label co-founder but also being a promoter that you have been in the past and also a dj how did you create the mood that you want for the nights because that is a skill yeah i guess we are quite good at it now getting the vibe of what a night should be because we've done we've done a fair few in quite different areas i guess so Mm -hmm. yeah we've done it before which is a really good thing and i think also it was quite easy to think of the vibe of the night because it was just formed around 
the image of our friends and what they're becoming, which is just a bit a bit older, a bit mature, a bit more money to spend. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's got you know. Got well, depends. Depends on London, where. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you wanted to spend, it'll be £8.50 for a Peroni, please. Mm, maybe not so much money left now. <laughs> yeah, so give or take, but uh, hopefully on average more money. And so, yeah, we kind of just modelled it after them in a way. So that was that was quite easy. And I think also our music tastes changing. Yes. We kind of modelled the vibe around that as well. So where, whereas before with Soul City... It, it was, was a, very disco, yeah, yeah, and funk, disco. which was good. I loved. It. I mean, disco is my favorite genre out of all genres. But yeah, I liked the transition to soul. Yeah, uh, I distinctly remember, and it's just I still listen to this song all the time. One of the Lydon's tracks that he dropped was, ah, um, oh, I think it was a John Morales remix of Thelma Houston Saturday, Saturday night. night. Yeah, Shannon. Oh my god, I was listening to that for the next two weeks after he dropped that. Yeah, yeah that was man. actually an exclusive mix we got from John when he came wow. to play for us. So he, that, uh, that at that point hadn't been released. I don't know if it has been released. I haven't checked, but that was pretty special for us because we were quite young then, and we <laughs> met John, and it was you know a bit of a fanboy moment. But then yeah, he gave us this. Gave us this mix of a song that we really loved already, which was... It was like me when I interviewed Louis de Roche. So hard, I was trying so hard not to fanboy. <laughs> I was like, Louis, I've been listening to you since I was 13. <laughs> yeah. So pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so, yeah, it was just our, like, it was just our taste changing and the taste changing from, yeah, just, mm. just disco and just soul funk and disco to more stuff which had, like, a kind of thread of funk and soul through it. Mm. So any any house music... Reggae a natural music. evolution yeah yeah so much wider yes so it's yeah it went from being something which was modeled around being a being a soul night which we you know we used a lot of tropes back in the day of like uh, there was like a we had like a woman with an afro in the logo which is so like <laughs> dumb looking back on it and so and so like wrong hey disco was founded by black people uh, i mean you know what i mean yeah. maybe it was just a homage yeah yeah well no it, it don't account to you on this podcast mate it, it wasn't a way <laughs> wasn't a counter point but more of a point that it was just like it was a trope and there were so many yeah tropes, i like, get you i get you mate because that's was, growth though that's growth that mate. is you know growth I mean? and now and now like, the vibe of it is 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 less obvious and mm-hmm. we're doing stuff which is a which is a bit more interesting mm. you've also created your first ever record yeah how big an achievement was that for the three of you it was yeah it was amazing it was a lot of work yeah just more than the, you thought yeah compared much. to putting on an event much more wow okay. yeah it was a lot because uh you had the run-up to the event then you'll do it and it's kind of finite in terms of the time sure. you're working on it and i guess this is in a way because you put out the record as well but there's a long long process of jack being jack was kind of the businessman of all of this and he plug in yeah. <laughs> pressing he does a lot of that yeah i think i just make stuff look nice to be honest <laughs> for the most part but the process was just so long yeah so much more admin in it mm. jack reaching out and then getting the record getting the test pressing was so long and then we had to go through the artwork phase mm. and then it, it was all all very technical and uh, i'm bringing up the work a lot but the actual reward of it was pretty incredible to actually see it were amazing. you present enough during the launch to be like, wow, I'm going to soak this in. I'll put out a record. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think... I Did think, you give yourself that space? Yeah. And not, credit? No, I don't think I was as much. It's interesting. <laughs> Is it really Why am I not that? surprised, Jack? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're all differently, Jack and Lloyd. I feel like... 
Me and Lloyd are very critical of everything. Mm. Jack likes to just Jack power like, through. Yes, yeah. Jack, is, Jack is PT is, power through. This yeah, is great. Yeah. And then when he has it, his hands like, yeah, come on, like it's a lot more excitable about it. Whereas I think, I think during the whole process is really interesting as well. Lloyd is amazing at like the creative direction mm. and stuff. He was really instrumental in making the artwork really good. And but yeah, at the end of it, I think yeah, I did. I did have a little moment. Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, I find it hard not to move on to the next project. Of course, of course. I know what you're like, mate. Yeah. You've arguably had more success with Love Time than you did with Soul City, despite the fact that you put a lot more time, I would say, into Soul City from your uni days. How do you reflect on that? Hmm, Yeah, I actually do think we might have had, maybe would have had success in terms of numbers, more of soul city mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard it i know it's hard to quantify but yeah yeah because i think with soul city we had these bigger numbers but we didn't set out with love time to run parties that were massive right so it's a kind of a useless metric to sure sure might be a useless question i don't no, know <laughs> no, 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 no. not not at all it's interesting to think about it, actually because i never actually thought about comparing them in terms of how well they've they've both gone but I think in both ways they were successful. Mm. Lo- Love time. We've played a lot of bigger shows for other people, and mm-hmm. I think we're getting more recognition. I think that's a really key point. I feel. I mean, you always know you were always known on the circuit. Pardon the pun of your own name. <laughs> but yeah, do you feel like that now? I think so, especially with the record, and because the record was distributed to record stores worldwide. So it's like you know, it was in it's in like Japan and stuff, and places that they'd never be able to see our social media posts or something like that. So it's much more, much more far-reaching. Mm. And so I feel like there's a lot more acclaim with Love Time than there was with Soul City, which yeah. was just a student night. Like yeah, sure, sure. Big in scale, but mm-hmm. it was just a student night. I don't think people were like, wow, those guys are really... Outside of Brighton. And yeah, Tennessee. I think we all thought, wow, you guys are really smashing it because we were students. <laughs> yeah. You know? We had no barometer. Yeah. But, but you were smashing it, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah but Love Time, I feel like it's, get, it's getting a lot mm. more like acclaim from the scene, from the music mm. scene in general, I think, which is really good. What, what's the dream then? Getting played on Craig Charles's funk show? Yeah. <laughs> That would be nice. What is the dream? I think maybe just... Uh, I think we all just want to have fun with the project, honestly. I, yep. mean, I feel like myself, Lloyd and Jack with it are quite chilled with Love Time in terms of where we want to go. With a lot of other projects we all have, we all have like goals and places we see ourselves in a certain amount of years and whatever. But with mm. Love Time, we're really happy with it being super organic and checking yeah, when love we that. want and do another record when we want. Jack's already planning... Of course he is. ...record, potentially. And uh, yeah, so we're, <laughs> we're like having to think about that. Mm. Yeah. Before, I, uh, before I asked my next question, I just remembered a really funny story that I've... Uh, when I used to listen to Craig Charles's funk show regularly, and I saw him live, actually, at Electric Brixton, which was like a really proud moment for me to just mm. be able to say I've seen him. Because I, I think a lot of people think he's a bit of a gimmick DJ. And then you see him live and you're like, right. Like, you can think that, though, he's because amazing. there's a lot of celebrity gimmick DJs now. But yeah. he's, like, mixing three records at once. And you're like, rah, like, he's an actual wizard. Yeah, and his radio show is incredible. It's nuts, mate. Yeah, it's nuts. I remember him saying once, he was like, so it's coming up to Mother's Day at the moment. And my wife <laughs> turns to me and she says, why have you not got me a Mother's Day card? Great accent. I know, I know. I'm working on the Craig Charles. And he goes, uh, and I turned around to her and I said, because you're not my mum. <laughs> <laughs> 
Geezer. <laughs> Absolute legend. <laughs> you said something interesting to me off air. You said that if you didn't have love time, you'd lose a lot of your love, pardon the pun, for music. Tell me what you meant by that. Yeah, I meant that without like an ongoing project and without friends like Lloyd and Jack with me on it, I feel like my my love of doing nights and being involved in the music scene and stuff like that would have faded away uh, because mm. it gives you a reason to engage with stuff. I know the question was more like, yeah, like, uh, I would have stopped being interested in music in general. And there's a truth to that because it's like by being involved in love time, I'm always looking for music. I always have like kind of radar of like, you know. Me for the same for podcast guests, but from with me and also yeah. music. If I yeah. like someone, if I like a band, I'm now I'm almost going, hmm, are they, are they big enough or small enough or can I get to them to get them on the pot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like a vehicle for you to mm. be inspired by stuff. If you don't have that, well, some people are completely different, but if I, if I don't have an active project to work on, I'm very similar when it comes to creative stuff. If there's not an active project to work on, I, I find it hard to like channel my energy. So that's what I meant by that. Mm. As you stressed to me off air, your focus now is predominantly, although not exclusively, on your design work and your now hopefully flourishing in the future YouTube channel. So your design work has always been your full-time hustle, but why have you chosen to strengthen this path or maybe go down it more fully than you were before? Honestly, it just comes down to a feeling. Like I thought you were about to say cold, hard cash. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, it's just the money. It's just the money. Ah, like I just follow stuff that I naturally mm? want to work on. I feel like with, yeah, with all the jobs that I've done and all the stuff that I'm doing in life, I've always just thought if I'm if it's all I want to do, then I should probably pivot my kind of career into it. I'm quite like a all or nothing person. So with, definitely. Yeah. With design and stuff like that, I, I now have just kind of, I mean, remember when I remember when I said I'm fully going to get into it, I kind of went to like sell all of my records. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't sell all of them. And I, I'm actually happy that I didn't. I actually sold a lot to Jack. So when we, <laughs> When we do shows, I actually sometimes ask him to bring me bring me some of the records that I've sold to him for the show, which is so dumb. It's for me to play. That's a very Jack Circuit yeah. thing to do. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, like I, yeah, I went through this phase of being like, right, I'm just going to, yeah, music's done. It's done. Yeah. Sell everything. Yeah. And that was linked back to when, when I was like, oh. Um, Sitting like Ian Beale. I've got yeah. nothing left. <laughs> yeah, it's right. a box of empty records. Very dramatic. It's, remember I said earlier about, yeah, I was going to not going to do love time and the boys were doing it and it was great yeah that's kind of linked into that, that and was you crawled back <laughs> yeah exactly that was that phase where i was yeah. like okay music done design started but uh yeah honestly the reasons were just because i've always loved it and yeah a big reason is sustainability as, mm -hmm. well, as well yeah you said you wanted to future proof yourself mm. unpack that for me yeah i wouldn't want to be a professional musician or someone involved in the music industry some people it works really well but for me I wouldn't want to be out all the time like I much prefer just uh especially get you know, you've changed man yeah, you've changed. I, really, I, I have got older <laughs> I, I know mate I know and a lot of people are just still you know still delayed very, adulthood very mate. much delayed adulthood yeah but mm. I just love the idea of having 
uh, a passion, a job where I can just sit with a nice coffee and just... And, and as just, you are now, mate. As yeah. I've made you that lovely coffee. There we go. And yeah, put some nice, nice mellow music on and sit there. I, I, I oh, we're back to Sussex days now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back, back to putting on some... Uh, some ethereal music. Some lovely ambient music. Chucking a, chucking a big rug that looks a bit foreign but isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Ikea. Yeah, the, the Indian tapestry. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Oh, I saw many an Indian tapestry carpet. Yeah, it was a big thing in Brighton, wasn't it? Massive. And that and the parachute pants I used to describe them as. <laughs> I don't know what they were actually called, but I used to see them everywhere. Yeah, the army of trustafarians. Yeah. If there wasn't, there must there should have been. There must have been some meme of just like... University of Sussex student starter pack, just like that rug, gypsy disco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the parachute pants and then like a MacBook. <laughs> yeah. What a strange time. <laughs> you also said you wanted to do more stuff that was about human connection than just purely design. So where does that come from? And is that missing in the design industry? Yes, yeah, can of worms, I'm mm. not going to lie. That's actually fast-forwarding a little bit to kind of the last, I'd say the last year, actually, because there's a thing that's come about recently. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called AI. Oh, is, it, <laughs> is that a new thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just a little thing called AI. And I fully kind of got into reading about it. And I'm not someone who's really uh, super into using it, but I, I, I like to keep on top of it because it's going to be... Oh, mate, I I already use it to, um, on my online pods, on the Mm. recording software, they've added a AI clip generator. Mate, it saved me, like, days of work. All I do is, if there's a topic and a recording, I just click generate clips, and it gives you, it it even gives you the titles, like, on the importance of patience versus, like, and then you just click on it. I'll just tweak it a little bit, edit, put the captions in, I'm done. Lovely. Saved me, like, days of work to create clips. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, maybe maybe a good metaphor for what I'm about to say, actually, because imagine that was a real person who could have done that for you. Like right? a video editor, yeah. And turn that into, like, a designer, right? So, mm-hmm. they, so um, yeah, they could have done a particular task for you, but, you know, in the coming years, we're going to see a lot of those tasks being eradicated by AI, especially with what I do, because it's a very simple way of looking at it. If you, if you push a lot of buttons... Like DJing. Yeah, well, <laughs> There'll we'll be AI see. DJ soon. We'll see. Well, there right. is on Spotify. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, already yeah. an AI. I mean, DJ. That, yeah, that technically you're right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. DJ YouTube now is now DJ AI Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anything where you're like, where it's quite technical in terms of like you actually just like pushing buttons or yeah, like it can't replace human expression though. Like I literally, mm. genuinely, as I was waking up today and I was scrolling through Twitter as I always do, I saw some video of like an AI songwriter. Have you seen that? No. Oh, it was weird. I'll show you after the pod. And it was, she was talking, she was like giving like a speech about, I'm an artist and I do this and this and this. And the responses were like, this is weird. I think I saw one of my followers say like something along the lines of, this will replace a lot of really shit artists, but it'll never replace the good ones. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, to be honest, that's probably about right. <laughs> yeah, well, I think for now, though. For that's, now, that's, yeah. yeah. I think people make these statements quite a lot, but they never put for now on the end. And I think they mm. should, because at the moment, it's the same with design. At the moment, the only tasks that are being replaced by AI in the design world are those... Like chatbots and stuff? 
I think it's it's just like it's just really simple kind of image creation things, right? Where like people will be charging like a fiver for it on, on a, I was about to say a fiver on fiver, like it say like ten pound an hour on fiver. Mm. So it's definitely cutting out the people at the bottom, but. Um, yeah, that will mm. just start to like. There's an analogy, mm. where slippery slope. You mean? It, no, the analogy is more like there are kind of like mountains, and there's a rising, there's a rising, rising tide, tide yeah. and, and we're all on different points of the mountain, and like the AI is kind of like it's kind of rising and rising. You know, those those like five are. I don't know. Will will they be able to do AI podcast hosts? I'm not too sure. Yeah, that's it. but I think this is my point though. This is perfect. It's going back to your question, human connection versus uh, versus kind of like the more Hardware. Uh, yeah, 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 right. So this is why I wanted to start doing YouTube. And you're right to do that. Speaking. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because, you, because like, you can replace me behind the computer making uh, a social media posts. Note to employers, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please keep to. Jack in a job. Keep me for the moment yeah. while I'm transitioning into yeah. the other stuff. But uh, you, what? Well, yeah, one thing you definitely cannot replace is a feeling that is transmitted from one human to another. Yes. Emotion. Yeah, we don't love an art piece because of the literal pixels or the literal like paint strokes. We love it because it's a message. It conveys from one something human or it provokes something. Yeah. Same with music, yeah. same with this, right? So that's why I wanna get more into stuff like YouTube, like teaching, human connection, because because I believe in the next I'm talking the next ten years, but I'm gonna mm. have kids then and I'll need more money. Yeah. <laughs> so like like yeah, it, going into that kind of period yeah, I, I want to get more into anything which is human to human versus just behind a machine. Was that public speaking a way of maybe expanding your identity, not just your professional identity, but personal one? I mean, did you feel like DJ and designer wasn't enough? Oh, God, I, don't, I, I genuinely don't know what, what my identity is. I, I've always who thought, am I? Yeah, Jean Valjean. <laughs> I really have always had a problem with that. I, really? I, yeah, because like I... I uh, Maybe not a problem. I don't think it's a problem that I feel. I feel like it's a problem maybe if I'd have like gone into one area more and just stuck to it, it might have been better for me. But it seemed like social media accounts I have. I've got one for DJing and I've got one for my design. And then I've got this YouTube channel and it's like... But that can go two ways. You know, on the one hand, you could say, oh, you're spreading yourself too thin. But then on the other hand, you could say, well, you've got loads of different skill sets. You can put on loads of different hats and it expands your horizons. Yeah, 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 exactly. Some people like to put that into one thing, right? They're like, oh... But I don't think I'm trying to actively change. So maybe subconsciously then, perhaps. Yeah, uh, no, I, I actually think that the identity thing is just a knock-on effect of following a new passion that I have. Oh, it's just, a good bonus then. Yeah, right. I don't think it's, I don't think it's ever a conscious thing for mm. me. Yeah. We're going to talk about this later in the pod, but how much of the decision for you to step a little bit back from music, at least live, and going out more, mm. or less, should I say, was due to the fact that of your tenesis, which we discussed in part one. Yeah. Mass- a massive, massive, massive mm. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't really work for me anymore going out all the time. I can't, it's not that I don't want to do it. And to an extent, I don't want to do it, go out all the time, but I, but I can't really yeah. do it. Like, it's not really... Yeah, coming back to that world of sustainability again. If I go out all the time, it's not sustainable because my ears will get further damage, and mm. I will. It won't be good for me when I'm when I'm even older. So, yeah, I mean, in short, yeah. massive factor. Yeah, I also say this: to people like some venues I'll know have bad sound systems, which I'll deliberately bring earplugs for. But I don't normally tend to bring them as much now because I feel like sometimes earplugs can also make you not as immersed. Mm. And they kind of take you out of the experience a little bit, I would say. Not all the time, but I do feel sometimes 
So I don't always like wearing them. And also, I mean, I'm not advocating for not wearing them, but also one thing I did find as well, when you've got them in, you can hear everyone's boring conversations around <laughs> you. And everyone's fucking boring, mate. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be hearing that. Nah, right? not at all. Not very escapist, is mm. it? <laughs> you also said something very interesting to me off it. You said, I wanted to teach the younger me a decade ago about design. So has that coincided with your maturity as much as it was a desire to try something new yeah i think it's a natural phase of getting older mm. i feel like at this age um, we're kind of moving into the mentor stage i think as a, as men yeah For others i would say you should be or should be trying to get there i would say yeah you, yeah i think this is the start mm. of that journey of becoming a teacher to yes other, whether that's mm. actually a conscious decision in your career or just when you encounter someone who is younger, you just naturally just start. Maybe it's evolutionary, yeah. mate. A controversial <laughs> thing to say. I don't know if you've, you've found this as well. Yeah, hundred, mate. The 100. last few years, I've I've started doing this more, like encountering a younger person and being like, oh, when up, you know, when, when I was, when your I was age, little, yeah. or, or what, you know, that was different. And mm. you never really, even at like twenty five, you never really had. A, I didn't think that twenty five. Massively no. different world. No, but now it's like. Okay. Right. I think 27 onwards, you start to feel that. Yeah. I don't know why it's 27, but that's what I felt. Yeah. You know, young people seem a lot younger. They yeah. look a lot younger. Your perception of the world changes. You, I think as you self-accept yourself more, I think that is a big factor. Yeah. You feel more secure in yourself and then you feel more secure in being able to impart wisdom in inverted commas on other people maybe definitely I yeah i don't i don't really think you can start imparting a lot of wisdom on people when you're in your mid-20s because you don't know enough people do try like, to though yeah no, they try <laughs> and that's yeah. when they look like idiots <laughs> that's a problem in the world at the moment mm. a lot a lot of people are you know trying to start preaching to each other brands yeah. self-brand things and they're really young and they haven't learned mm. enough yet but I, it's very important that i said the start of this journey right i think we're at the start of this like now mm. now we're starting to teach people i think and I, I love how by teaching people as well you really learn you a get lot a lot out yourself. of it yeah man yeah yeah one thing that i found and this is i guess been turbocharged through vent but also for my own i guess innate sense of kind of responsibility is that you feel a lot of responsibility in teaching them the right things and being a positive male role model i think i've talked a lot about it on the podcast and other interviews you know the fatherlessness crisis and lack of positive male role models a lot of young lads have and you do feel like if they're not getting this somewhere else at least for the five minutes you're speaking to do it mm. do you know what i mean i don't know if you feel that oh, for sure well i i come from a single parent family and i mm. live with my mum my whole life so i know i know all about it yeah. do you feel that more keenly then because of that i mean obviously i'm not i'm not, I'm not gonna ask you about your personal life and no, your dad you can. but you can yeah i i i think i yeah i i think so i think mm. that i think there i think there needs to be uh male role models around more so i think that's why i'm kind of already kind of quite looking forward to being a dad myself mm -hmm. not that we we have any plans <laughs> quick so, do yeah. it quick disclaimer <laughs> <Exclusive>. there <laughs> yeah, that's one of my, that's my first exclusive. just in case the missus is listening or the missus's family <laughs> no 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 uh. but i love the idea because it's, mm. it's a way to be that role model you yes know? and kind of and reset that it's yeah yeah I think as well it works both ways. So like if you were, so, and I'm not saying you did, but I'm saying if, if you're someone who didn't have a present dad or your, that your parents were divorced, you might feel more strongly about 
having a you know a stable relationship and bringing up kids Absolutely. without that and also I feel definitely I feel in my sense that because my parents stayed together and my dad was a strong role model for me he wasn't perfect but he did a great job I feel that responsibility because I feel fortunate to have it so therefore I want to try and help do you know what I mean so I think it does both, both ways which is nice yeah exactly I think my girlfriend's family have been great in this as well because she she big, has big ticket yeah, shout out yeah. if, you're, if you're listening she, she has the most perfect family and mm. uh ellie's dad is amazing as well he's mm. been really nice to me so it's yeah sweet that's nice yeah yeah the public speaking element where do you think you are at with it now you've done a few videos as we spoke about off air so you've done five uh yeah 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 five how'd you feel about it I feel like there's, there's there's kind of different forms of public speaking, right? Because YouTube, YouTube's an interesting one because in a way... Well, you're definitely not... Oh, you are public speaking. Oh, you are, mate. 100%. But there's no audience, so it's very different. I mean, there is one, but you mean just speaking to a camera is yeah, not an audience technically. So you don't yeah. feel like that same feeling, I think. Mm. Not that I actually have really experienced... The other feeling as like uh, at all really to be honest of standing in front of a massive crowd and speaking but this is what i want to go into i've, I've been doing uh courses so i've oh I've, sick i've done an improv course and which i did a show for and i've just finished wow. an acting course this week and they were both to try and like improve how much of a step out of your comfort zone with both of them oh the improv, improv ain't easy mate i mean i used to do acting and improv yeah. is, all, is a skill in itself the improv was so hard yeah the acting was the acting was all right learning a script is a lot different to improv oh, i'm telling God. you yeah just the fact that because during the show it would just be the format would often just be like yeah we'll give you a relationship with the characters on stage and a random word and it would come from the audience every time and so it'd be like banana and your sisters and you'd have to be like oh you haven't gone and got the bananas sis and then it would start from there and it's mm. it just so difficult and the that most, is adrenaline fully pumping isn't it i yeah. actually recommend anyone in anyone do it it's called hoopla improv and it's in london and it's a course completely unrelated to mighty hoopla the festival completely unrelated right cool yeah. just to make that clear <laughs> but you do a show at the end and i think if anyone wants to not to the mighty mighty hoopla <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's related but i recommend that because it is it is really great for improving like public speaking and, mm. and confidence but man i'm just i'm at the start of my journey of all of it this this that feel nice really Yes, I, as I said before, I love learning new stuff. Like I love going into things as a kind of beginner. I don't like being too settled anywhere. And we're very different in that sense. I like being I like being settled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hate change, hate change. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love routine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's weird. I just I just love it. I love I love encountering a new thing and being bad at it. I like. You and like being bad. Okay. I like that yeah. initial state because it's it's like it's it's exciting because it's like when you're bad at something. You, That's a good place to be, in, mate. Because not a lot of people, not everyone can do that. You're clearly a persevering person. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. No worries, man. Uh, but yeah, super exciting. I'm I'm at the like the very like start of my journey. I have noted that I'm doing a lot less like ums and ahs. As the, as the, very much so, mate. As the last time we did the pod. So we'll have like, taken those out anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, they'll be removed. I might have done loads of ums and ahs. You'll never know. Not too many that I'm hearing so far, man, which is good. <laughs> so yeah, it's a journey, but I'm really, really happy with how it's going so far. Love that. Let's reflect on this professional journey, mate. So, so far, what has been your proudest achievement? I just... My whole, like, my whole professional mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, my, my proudest achievement. Um, that's a really hard question. The improv? <laughs> yeah, I think the improv was, in terms of like a challenge, my God, getting on stage and doing that. What was, was the crowd size, by the way? The crowd size was like a hundred. Oh, so decent. In terms then. of yeah, like a yeah. beginner's show where everyone's shit. <laughs> you know, like it's pretty good because it was a, a mixture of family and friends, but also yeah. they actually have a venue in London Bridge. So it's like punters go, like regular yeah, yeah, yeah. people. So that, that was big. In terms of professional career, I think I'm struggling to find an answer because I think all the things that I've done have been little milestones along the way. And I feel like they've all contributed. I think the fact that I've been self-taught doing the design stuff I think every little project that I've got on the way... Like me been, with podcasting, mate. Yeah, Completely exactly. self-taught. Rather than there being one big monumental moment, I feel like they're a little, just like 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 you're saying, with like the guests, some of the guests you get on, every time that happens, you're like, oh my God, that, like that, that's kind of weird, that's happening to me. <laughs> yeah. In your mind, you're like, I'm not good at this still. But you kind of are. Mm. But in your mind, you're like, I don't know if you get this, but in your mind, it's imposter syndrome, right? You're like, oh, well... I just started learning this on YouTube. Like you think, you feel like in your mind that only happened recently, but yeah. then you're like, oh no, actually, I've been doing this for a decade now. Yeah, like, I feel like more. I used to get that at the start when I first started kind of self-editing. Now you're just that, like, I'm no, no, I'm sick. No, no. Well, <laughs> maybe when I get like a really big dream guest on, I get more of the feeling like I'm just a normal lad from East London who's a bit yeah. who's a bit middle class and is loud and extroverted. Like, and yeah. now I'm interviewing these people it's more like a surreal oh my god like this is a bit mad moment I, I don't think it's imposter syndrome for me but it's more like wow how far i've come and wow this is a bit surreal yeah kind of thing it's hard to uh, as i was saying before like you were saying about the record and i find it really 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 difficult to reflect on amazing moments and think of them as yeah amazing maybe you'll get better yeah yeah, I hope so. I way too quickly move on, mm. you know, so I need to get better at like actually relishing the good moments and yeah. Because it's good to move on and keep the progression going, but you want to enjoy those big moments when they come, don't they? Don't they? Yeah. I was talking to my girlfriend about this yesterday, actually, about how I'm just, I, I am too often just on the treadmill, just kind of like, not literally. Yeah. yeah I do yeah. like being on the treadmill, but <laughs> like too often just on the treadmill, just like of projects, just something goes well, but then I'm already thinking about it. <laughs> the incline up incline yeah, up yeah more incline more <laughs> yeah, speed yeah that's a really it's it, it's a good trait in a way but then it's, all, yes. it's a bad trait because i have way 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 too much stuff going on in yes my head. i like, remember when i did the first just checking in live night and it was only a you know looking back it was only a 70 cap venue in Leytonstone, but it was a massive moment for me i'd never put on a show like that before and my best mate hannah just came up to me during the night and I just had like a little sit down because I was so stressed and I was so worried about it and it was sold out and it was all good in the end. But she's just like sat next to me and just went, Fred, look at everything going on right now. Yeah. You have done all of this. Yeah. Just take a second to just drink it in. And I went, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then that's kind of how I've tried to take that approach forward. Just take a moment, assess your surroundings and just give yourself a pat on the back. You don't have to, you know, put your head up your own ass, but yeah. just give yourself a pat on the back just to be like, yeah, I did this. It's good. Yeah, it's good It's good to know what you do it for. Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes you do it for the sake of doing it. You know, so, yeah. And as a final question before we move on, what has this professional journey taught you about yourself? Um, it's taught me 
A fair few things. I feel like, like I said before, I am quite scatty in terms of just what I want to learn all the time. And so I I find it... Is that scatty? That's quite a negative uh, word, isn't it? Yeah. Scatty means like disorganised. I don't think you're disorganised. I feel like I frame it in a negative way. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging these negative mindsets, mate. I know, but that's how I frame it in my mind. Maybe it's more like a positive octopus. Yeah, but then (laughs) I I think I was... Yeah, I was about to say like that. That is also a good thing because I like to kind of just like dip my toes in so many different things. Mm. And I realise I love like the actual concept of like learning. I just love the actual thing of learning something, whatever it is. I think I really love the like variety of life. You versus... love the climb like Miley Cyrus. There you go. Just like Miley. That's what I think I've learned. I, I think I've learned that I, yeah, I like to persevere and I love challenges mm. uh, quite a lot. And yeah, I, I feel like I am a creative person, which is, which is really nice and just uh, good at coming up with new ideas quite a lot. And... Yeah, I wish I knew what my goals were in terms of just like... You've said them a lot on this podcast, mate. Yeah. I, I, I feel like... I Fatherhood feel like, is definitely one. That's a goal. Yeah. But I feel like professionally, you know... Yeah, but you've said you want to do more. You want to teach more. You want to impart more. You, you're getting there. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not far away. Yeah. I feel like, you know, you hear about people that are very good at goal setting and like... Uh, yeah, but they chat a lot of shit, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've learned a lot about myself, but that's one thing that I do want to improve on. You know, I said about being a bit, a bit like a bit directionless. It'd be nice to be nice to channel my energy a bit more. You know? I don't think you're directionless. I think you just need a little bit more direction and There's give yourself a bit many, more credit. Too many directions. I think that's it. Not directionless, but there. Yeah. I feel like there's a, there is a crossroads. And I, <laughs> I feel like I'm going down all roads and the crossroads at the same time yeah you need like a, an M6 toll yeah. <laughs> you need like a, you, need, you need like a toll just to be like yeah. Jack what are you doing here <laughs> pay five pounds yeah sort yourself out and then come back to me exactly yeah. Uh, yeah but I actually yeah I think that a lot of really amazing creative people were like this and I'm I really 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 love Da Vinci he doesn't get spoken about enough people know who he is but I don't know how much people really know about what he was like. He... People probably know more about the Da Vinci Code rather yeah. than Da Vinci now. Yeah. Which is really... a sad, sad state of affairs. <laughs> if you really read into him, it's actually crazy how much... Because he, he initially just used to go and look at nature and he just started drawing it. And then through nature, he then got involved with drawing. But then he started drawing bodies more. And then through drawing bodies... He then got quite involved in anatomy and then started studying science. Oh. And then he he, he, didn't got, know this. Yeah, he got to know the human body so well that when he went back to drawing, he could draw with like this precision of like someone who... Had like never... a surgeon. Yeah, no, yeah. Because no, he picked apart bodies and stuff like that. So if you go look back at it, he wasn't someone who stuck... He never stuck to like one thing. He was a scientist, like a painter, someone who was involved in the human anatomy and like... I really love that. He, I feel like we've almost lost that, actually, the link between art and science. I feel like yeah. it feels like people are either art or science rather than both. Yeah. Increasingly. I feel like the context has been lost a lot from a lot of art. You know, mm. there's, there's, a, there's a lot of art. With social media, there's a lot of people, and I fell into this trap recently, of a lot of people putting up art for social media, like to put on social media mm. and not with a lot of like meaning and feeling behind it and i feel like 
Yeah, I feel like someone like Da Vinci. Going back to what we were saying, you know, like I really like how how he was directionless, but he embraced it and it actually he linked all those areas together mm-hmm. in the end and it doesn't have to be a, a bad thing i've got a good blog know? i can recommend to you uh, after the pod so i'll yeah. give you that for this is okay. related to that so i'm not i'm not uh relating myself to uh, leonardo da vinci but no way. you don't have to put that disclaimer in mate, no <laughs> i think i think they listen to this guest probably that. a thousandth of, yeah. a, of a of an artist as well <laughs> yeah We've spoken about Jack, the DJ, designer, YouTuber, event promoter. Let's go a bit deeper and talk about your own mental health journey once more, Jack. So firstly, what has happened since part one? What feedback did you get from it? And who's the Jack we meet now? Well, part one was... A long time ago. Was it three years? I want to say three years, yeah. Wow, that's... uh, that's Potentially three and a half. That's flown by. I have obviously gotten older since then, but um, I think I'm a lot happier than the last time we spoke in general. You always give off a general air of happiness, but yeah, so yeah. I wouldn't be able to say, oh, you, you definitely feel like it. But yeah, if you do, if you like it yourself, that's good. I'm a lot healthier, man. Like I'm so much healthier. You do look healthier, which yeah. is good. I'm so much happier for that reason, I think. I didn't know as much how to look after myself back then i think and uh now i do takes a lot of work doesn't it yeah no shortcuts uh, yeah and i'm really feeling the mental health benefits of looking after myself in general so whether that be exercise just not really going out as much and diet as a massive part of that like before i wasn't i wasn't eating as well and yeah. Also, did you mean the feedback as in like uh, people hearing the pod? Yeah, and, yeah. 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 I think the... Well, actually, my girlfriend said she listened to the pod before meeting me. No way! Because she knew my name. We met online, so she knew my name. But I didn't know, I didn't know her before I met you. Yeah, but uh, she listened to the pod because it's online, obviously, and uh, she kind of got a like, picture. Yeah, but I'm trying to wonder how she heard about it. <laughs> No, because she Googled me. So think about it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right. I, I was like, did I meet her in a past life? Like, how did I, how did she live? Like, no. I was trying to think, okay, so she talked to you. Good for your SEO. And then Googled maybe. you. Yeah. So it's, it's up there on the SEO then. Clearly. Oh, that's good. So yeah, that is. Now you think, now you know my eternal fear about <laughs> dating now. Now I've got to be careful myself. Yeah. If someone could Google my foot name and instantly, mate. Yeah. Whole trauma history. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting because I felt we we got quite deep on that one as well. And well, that's so, good. So uh, we're together now. So it's, it's, it was a free I had a hand in it. You did. It's like you're, you're a podcast cupid. Yeah. yeah. Wish I could do that for myself. <laughs> So in terms of feedback, amazing, I guess, because uh, it got me a girlfriend and I feel like... Fucking happy days, mate. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people listen to the tinnitus part and... Just switched off after that. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this bit's boring. Oh, no, it's no. Fred's talking again. Fucking hell, man. Let's j- jump that one off. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff from that, which was good. And yeah, my, my mum listened to it as well. Oh, that's the that's a nice surprise to hear, mate. That's yeah. a nice surprise to hear. My it was really interesting. My mum and my nan listened to the podcast. I'm surprised when your mum like showed your nan like how to yeah, how to yeah. listen to it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Download yeah. this thing. Do this on your phone. <laughs> I actually didn't send it to them directly either, so my mum must have found it. Wow. And she must see your social media, right? 
Yeah, I d- like she doesn't. Or does she not follow you for you know? She doesn't really have me on like social media. We don't really like on. Uh, she has me on Facebook, but I don't think I. Put- yeah, we'll keep it. Yeah, that's our yeah. most. That's our generation now. Keep on Facebook. Yeah. Don't post anything. Keep it dormant. Yeah, exactly. And what was really interesting about that? I think she. She actually said she didn't really know a lot about the stuff that I was talking about. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people in terms of like, you probably that would make sense though. Yeah. You, you, never told, up. Yeah. you don't often have like long unfiltered conversations with your loved ones. That's the best ones. thing about it. That's the best thing about doing the pods, isn't it? Cause people see the whole you. Yeah. And so I think for her, it was uh, probably nice for you to hear, you know, it's my mum kind of heard a lot of stuff that she didn't know about. A lot of that was through my ears and how much of that was affecting me at the time. Mm. And um, yeah, it was really nice to hear from her that she listened to the whole thing and heard another side to me. And yeah, that was really sweet. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm, genu- I'm genuinely chuffed, mate. I'm yeah. genuinely chuffed that it had that, it had that impact. So building on that, did it, you know, I won't ask you to divulge obviously private conversations, but was it nice to have those conversations? Did it strengthen areas? With your girlfriend or your mum or your nan or whoever? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. I feel like I find it quite difficult to open up to them a lot. More with my girlfriend, I'd say. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely a positive thing. It's nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah, nice for them to get like a more holistic view of what I'm thinking about this stuff. Because, you know, Mm. we'll have like... But like when I have deep conversations with them, it'll be like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Well, this is already, this is already long, longer than an yeah, hour. So there we go. So they've got, <laughs> they've got more to delve into. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the tinnitus again, because we've touched on it earlier in the pod and obviously in part one, and you obviously wrote an article for Ben about it too. So how have you managed it in the last three years? You'd obviously mentioned that you've gone out less, which is, you know, a tool that you've used to manage it. Any other positive ones you developed? Yeah. There's just generally looking after yourself. Seriously, that mm. that's actually as simple as that. Yeah, yeah, that's more of a tool than I ever kind of expected. Obviously, I think back then when the first pod I mentioned like vipassana meditation, which I was doing a lot. Very Sussex. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Which you know, I I still do. I made sure I said vipassana to yeah. make it sound very cultured. Oh, it's like Nigella Lawson, micro wave. <laughs> now I just call it breathing. Just yeah, just breathe. I actually have simplified it a lot now. Like if I ever have like today is quite bad I can just like if I just breathe in five and a half seconds and out from my mouth for five and a half seconds and do that like 10 20 times it really helps like it's a much more simplified thing that I can do wherever I don't have to sit on a pillow and like close my eyes and you know so I do that quite a lot now I use olive oil ear spray loads now and it's really good uh so I figured out recently that uh, olive oil ear spray yeah is that tasty uh, I reckon you could probably you could probably drink it if you wanted to. I just got visions of like Homer eating that in a Simpsons episode. I think it's just like you know you get like extra virgin olive oil. I think it's just like extra 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 virgin olive oil. It's like Mickey Fanning a joke. It's got to be extra virgin. Yeah. It's got to be Lord. They ain't been fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So they're very practical things, but mm. seriously, in in terms of. Just generally dealing with it, looking after myself has been a massive thing because I have had my worst kind of bouts of it when I've been stressed or hungover. I'm hungover less of the time now, and I think I'm less stressed. So mm. it's uh, yeah, it's helped. I can hear it. I can hear it right now, actually, which is weird. <laughs> when we speak about it, this is how sensitive it is and how mental it is. 
when I say mental, I don't mean that's crazy. I mean like how how yeah. linked to the mind this yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even now, as we're speaking about it, now I can hear it because my mind is thinking is, about it. Yeah. Wow. We'll, we'll try and get through this bit as quick as we can. It's okay, <laughs> by the way. It's fine, but like it's interesting. We spoke a while ago in the pod about you stepping away from going out as much and, and seeing as much live music. Was that a sad choice as well? Because we both love live music, you know. Yeah. I do you still try to balance? Do you still go to gigs every now and then or DJ sets or yeah, do you now, really, is it really cold turkey now? No, not cold turkey. I still go out and I still DJ, but I think I would have found it more sad if I hadn't naturally moved away from music as a kind of central love of my life. I mm-hmm. feel like now I've replaced it with other things. I don't think I'm as sad. I feel like if it would have still been such a central part of my life, mm. I think it would have been a lot more sad. But now I don't lean on it as much as a crux. It could have been devastating if that was the case. Yeah, but maybe in a way it's more linked because maybe I've moved away from it because of this and therefore I've found other things. And I think it's more complex than I think. But yeah, it's been, Mm. it's sad. I think the saddest bit about it is being, as you said before, being disconnected from a place because you are like a minus 28 decibel reduction in decibels which is what mine is which is quite a lot mm. it's the maximum you can get for like the the musician's earplugs and that is quite annoying as you were saying off air you can hear everyone's boring conversations you, yeah, when you have put those in exactly but i volume isn't just volume volume is so much more because volume a loud volume can lead you to feeling things that are a lot different to something at a lower volume something mm. which is like really powerful and loud can lead you to having so much more of a visceral emotional reaction to music and when that's dimmed down yes uh, your whole experience becomes that's why i'm selective when i use it plugs because it can kind of take you out of the immersion yeah, yeah volume is such such an important instrument to like evoke i think an emotional reaction in music and that and that therefore yeah it is a it is a bit sad because mm. it, i feel like everything Everything is a bit more yeah. down now. Yeah, you, you've made other choices since then to manage the tinnitus, such as uh, not going on particularly loud trains in London. So I do apologise for you coming on the Central Line this morning because the tunnel between Myland and Stratford is one of the loudest fucking things uh, known to mankind. I swear to God. Yeah, the Piccadilly Line is also bad, but my word, the Central Line can be that tunnel is ridiculous you know what i don't think it's as bad as the victoria line do you not think <laughs> no, i was on the victoria subjective. line yesterday it's bad yeah there's not much in it there's a certain tunnel in the victoria line where it is bad but oh. i don't know i think because i've taken the central line so much that tunnel between mine and stratford mate fuck you yeah, know god it's so bad so bad you cannot prepare like someone who doesn't lived in london you cannot prepare them for that noise. It's horrific. I always say they should bring an audio recorder on it and have it on a horror movie or something. Yeah. Like, it sounds scary. It sounds like, I always think, it sounds like there's like demons in there or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, genuinely. <laughs> and all the Londoners just sitting there like, yeah, normal Monday. I actually don't think they are as much. Mate. Do you not think? I, I think a lot, I've seen a lot more people wearing either like in-ear headphones or earplugs. Earmuffs, I've seen yeah. a lot of people wearing earplugs. I know, but I've seen parents just like put it on their kids straight away. Like, yeah. we're about to go into this tunnel, bang, earmuffs or yeah. earplugs, whatever. Yeah. So I would like to go on them less. I can't because I need to get places, mm-hmm. but I, I will wear ear protection on the Victoria line because... Oh yeah, I I just I actually don't think it is just people that suffer from 
tinnitus or no not at all hyperacusis which is the heightened sensitivity to sound which i suffer from as a result of having tinnitus but i think it is objectively an awful sound and i don't think (laughs) anyone enjoys it and i think it's got worse Mm. i did not remember the victoria line being such a horror because the trains are about 60 years old (laughs) yeah it's, it's crazy. Me and my friend Beth got back from... We were in Berlin a couple of weekends ago. At the end of our trip, we were just on the Victoria Line after getting the Eurostar back. And we were just trying to talk to each other and just gave up. You just have to. You have to. You just have to go wait. Yeah. Wait for it to stop it, yeah. and just continue. It was going to be the nice, you know, sum up conversation after our trip. And it was, yeah, it was a really nice convo. And then we, we would just look at each other just like... Should we just? Should we just? Should we just leave it? And I feel like, yeah, you can't even talk. You can't no, even you talk can't. anymore. You literally can't even talk. So yeah, yeah. and I'm loud, and yeah. I can't. So I know it's bad. <laughs> so yeah, not not not, not the mm. uh, not the nicest place for me anymore. Mm. <laughs> the Victoria Line. You've gotten some boyfriend points already, uh, but yes. we have now come to the point where we discuss the impact that meeting your now girlfriend has had on your mental health. Just tell me why you wanted to put this in the running order outside some extra points. She's great, yeah. Obviously, the brownie points. Yeah, gotta get those in. So if you're if you're listening, guys, Ellie's family, Ellie, love you. And uh, I'm just, trying not to laugh here, but it's now's a nice moment, mate. I've turned into an old soppy git. I, I really, no, I really, uh, I really never used to be like this, but she's been great. She's brought it out in you, mate. It was always there. Yeah, yeah. So, so look what I'm doing, mate. I'm challenging the negative <laughs> mindsets, mate. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I actually think being soppy old gets kind of nice. It's, it's great. Nice. Yeah, so I wanted to put her in here because I feel like she's been really important in terms of changing who I am. In For the a, better. In a, in, a, in, a, in a positive way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally positive. Seriously, like totally positive. Has your emotional intelligence got better? Yeah, I feel like we've worked on that together. I feel like I've always been quite attuned in that way. I feel like Ellie Ellie has had her own challenges with dealing with emotions and we've kind of worked through that together. Let me just think about like in what way. I feel like when you're first with someone, you're working each other out quite a lot and living with someone especially... And I feel like we've both in our own ways moulded our personalities to be to be more similar to each other, which is which is quite does weird. happen. So. And I feel like when you live together and you're with someone that much, yeah, it does definitely improve your emotional intelligence. I started this question being like no, but now I think about it, I think definitely definitely has uh, because you're you're trying to always always work on a relationship and that means always being considerate of another person's feelings it means like sacrificing a lot of what you're doing if the other person's feeling bad then mm. you know just thinking about them and yeah that definitely does mean you have to think about emotional intelligence quite a lot mm. when we spoke about you doing the record for love time and we spoke about you struggling to be as present you said that she has helped you in that in that she grounds you quite a lot just unpack that for me obviously that doesn't mean that she stops you leaving your gaff (laughs) (laughs) no she definitely doesn't she she's still a really outgoing person but ellie will do her stuff mostly in the daytime 
that's where she gets a lot of her pleasure from, which like I Like most love. people, mate. Yeah. Which, <laughs> DJ, yeah. The DJ life is not a normal life when you think about it, really. Yeah. yeah. Ellie doesn't drink much. Ellie loves going out in the nighttime, but with her friends and with her, it's mostly just like, she'll just go to the pub and like, there'll be a nice group of them. They'll have, a, you know, a few beers, have a chat. It's a really nice vibe. Whereas, as you know, like my lot at uni or, you know, some of them now, some of them have changed, but I feel like the vibe is will go out, but there's this kind of like destructiveness that goes along with it. That's like, you know, you're, you're just, you're just out to get, especially at uni we're out to get a bit wrecked and it, uh, that's we all did that at uni though yeah that's always been a weird thing to me the concept of you're going out going out to get wrecked but there, yeah. are, but there are things on that night out which have negative consequences for you that's always really got to me and mm. ellie what i really love about her is i just think she's a lot more wholesome and when she goes out to have fun yeah i don't think she really just like wrecks herself that much yeah. or anything like that it's just really nice way to live and i think i've kind of learned a lot from that and uh as part of this you are now pretty abstinent i would say is that right but how's that been it's been really nice uh, i think this links into what we we're saying before but just looking after myself i feel like i went just like completely sober from from the booze about uh i think it was our shit just about like three months and I did that as well when I was doing, because I did like a marathon a couple of years ago. Brighton oh, marathon. sick. Yeah. You did Brighton Marathon? Okay. Yeah. And that, was that literally 24 miles or whatever it was, like the London Marathon four, is? Or... Yeah, four, yeah, same as the London Marathon. Wow. So four, 40, 26 miles, yeah. Bloody hell, 42 kilometres. And... I feel like you should get more credit for that. It's just because London Marathon's more clout and you have <laughs> to kind of do the whole process. I mean, you probably have a process for the Brighton one, but it's probably less stringent, there I would are hills. imagine. There are hills in Brighton. Oh, you don't have to, didn't have to go up to Coombe Road, did you? No, you didn't have to go up Coombe Road. Jesus, for the listeners, that was the hills of all hills. I mean, my, <laughs> my second year house was on Elm Grove, yes. which was also oh, a big Elm hill. Grove. But wow. Coombe Road was the daddy, the Don Dada, wasn't it, of hills? It was. You don't have to do anything like that, but you do have to go to... <laughs> Coombe Road was vertical at one point. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. There's the bit that's like, I think it's Portslade, and it's like east east of Brighton, I forgot, but that's a big hill. Mm. But anyway, I digress. But when I did that, I said I'm just like, just going to be completely like healthy living. Like a few months before that, didn't, didn't drink at all. And I think that was a test. I only did that because I was training for the marathon, but I was like, it's going to sound so obvious, but I was like, wow, like I feel great. My mental health is mm. amazing. And I think from doing that, I realized that, I just needed to cut all that out and like I've been just it probably gave you a good test uh, barrier as well because if you did go out at that point you could easily say I'm not drinking tonight because I've got the marathon and you know people would probably respect that more quickly than if you had just said oh I'm not drinking because you I think for some people you have to kind of like enforce the boundary repeatedly yeah if they know if they've known you as someone who drinks and you go no I'm not drinking they might go, oh, come on. And then uh, you go, oh, I'm actually not drinking, mate. And then once they know that you're not, like it's a thing, then they probably pull back. But that's probably something you had to work out, I imagine. I feel like those people are likely the most insecure a lot of the time. Yeah. They're often the people that have big problems themselves with this stuff. Like when you get people that are like, you know, kind of not respectful. Of- yes. It's annoying, actually, when that happens. When they do it once, most people are well-meaning. But yeah. then if they do it repeatedly, then you're like, oh, I think you're not okay, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in general, I've just been, yeah, just leading a much more, 
wholesome life, replacing a lot of that stuff with just you know, good, good vibes, good, good stuff for my body. You know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's been great. Like, I take probiotics every morning now, man. I don't know who I am. <laughs> We're getting old. <laughs> and now yeah. I had to be done. I was, I've been on antibiotics four times this year for many reasons. Yeah. So uh, thank God I had the probiotic. My gut would have been fucked. Look after your gut, guys. Exactly. 100%. Yes. The final part of your journey that you want to discuss is your mindset and maybe reflections and i'll probably chime in on this a little bit too as we're about to turn 30 well i'm about to turn 30 next year in april i don't know when your birthday is mate are you 30 already september and i am 30 you are 30 god i I should chuck this running out the window (laughs) yeah well we have different reflections yeah well how do you reflect them because you are 30 now Ah, I think you can either really, really hate this moment or you can really, really love it. It really depends on where you are in your life. I feel like 30 is a moment either to be terrified because you haven't got to where you wanted to be or very happy. And I'm lucky to be at a point in my life where I'm doing what I want to do for a job and like I've got a great family and none of them have like got sick or anything and... Uh, yeah I have great friends and a girlfriend and I, I just you know I feel like if you get to that point and you're in a bad way it can be exacerbated mm. you know because I feel like sometimes you can't get back do you know what I mean yeah like I feel like societal pressures of 30 and I think we're lucky as men because women face this a lot more with the kind of the well, in, ba- music, the baby, in music the they, in music they do I just feel like with the baby thing right I feel like, that, I feel like with uh, with kids I feel like there's this um, there's this clock with women especially yeah the clock is obvious for me there's still a biological clock for men it's just not as obvious i mean our sperm count yeah. starts going down from 35 yeah 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 that's that's really interesting i never really looked at it in that way yeah we've obviously our biological clock is obviously not as pronounced but we still yeah. have one you know yeah but i feel like regardless of biology there's still a lot of societal pressures on men correct um, yeah um and as you get to 30 that definitely exacerbates but i feel like in general personally like I'm really happy and I feel like I I feel like you can either when you get to 30 you can either try to hang on to your past as a young person or you go to Turkey for the old uh, barnet yeah there you go (laughs) thankfully we're not in those positions yet yet. it's it's going a tiny bit I'm not gonna lie uh, myself but um, yeah hey mate you have to cling on (laughs) I'm telling you yeah I'm gonna cling on yeah I know people have given up the ghost and I'm like yeah fair play yeah but I'm not there yet thank god yeah but yeah, in general, feeling good, feeling good. Love that. The depressing thing about this milestone, and I guess 27 onwards, is how your, well, how young young people now look. And it's like, 18-year-olds are like, fucking hell, you're actually children to me now. Yeah. Whereas before, we were those, cho- we were those children. <laughs> yeah. That's the depressing thing for me. Yeah. I think not just the physical appearance of them as well. I think also... The maturity. Their, like, yeah. their vibe and just the fact that do you think that's also perhaps because Gen Z are less mature and because we've got so much delayed adulthood as a generation, they're feeling that even more? Or do you think that is that just me kind of thinking, oh, that's because we're getting older and young mm. people will naturally feel more immature because they're young and we're older? I actually think they are quite a mature generation. You think personally. they're quite mature? Yeah. Do you think? Right, so I think because... I think they've had to go through a hell of a lot as a generation already. Sure. I think they're more savvy in certain respects. Yeah. For sure. I do do concede that. I think they are more obviously technologically savvy. Yeah. But then they're also more technologically traumatised, a lot of them. (laughs) 
I feel like they, yeah, I feel like they have a lot of issues because of the stuff they've gone through. I feel like we, as a generation, being millennials, I feel like we have a lot more of an affinity with them than we do. Like, what's the generation above us? Gen boomers, X. No, <laughs> Gen, Gen, X. Gen X is above us, and then it's boomers. Above Gen X them. is kind of a nothing. It, like, there's, Gen like, X are like kind of a 1980s weird eighties onwards. Yeah, like no, no one 70, talks about mid seventies to like mid eighties is Gen X because millennials start like eighty nine. Yeah, and then, we're meant to, and then millennial was meant to end ninety six. I think Gen Z starts from ninety six. They don't really have a definition, really. Gen X, do they? they don't really ever get spoken about. It's more just like boomers, millennials. Whenever and Gen I hear Z. about Gen X, it's always about how they fucked up Gen Z. Yeah, as a parent, parenting Gen. That's all I hear. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but I, I, you know what? Personally, we might have different views on this, but personally, I find Gen Z. They're around like 20 years old. I, I respect them because I feel like they look after themselves a bit more. They seem to me to be a lot more clued up. They are, I think, very clued up politically and environmentally. I worry for actually the kids now. I worry for like five to 10 year olds that are addicted to oh, technology. Oh, you, sorry, you mean that way. I, I, I worry less about the five to 10 year olds and I worry more about Gen Z personally. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Because I've, I've seen so much darkness yeah. in that generation like you know you yeah. thank god i'm not on tiktok but you know because of the work that i do with then and everything like i see the the tiktok tourettes yeah. and i see the social contagion mental illnesses and i see dissociative identity disorders whereby all these kids are now claiming like they've got alters and did's actually been only been a condition that's been diagnosed in 50 people in the last 60 years mm. so it's like all these contagion mental illnesses and it's like Jesus Christ, these kids just want identity and they're putting mental illness into that bracket. It's which very, is very interesting, sad. that isn't very it? Sad. And ADHD as well, I think, is another one. Which yeah. is, I need to look more into it because I see articles whereby it's like more and more people are being diagnosed, but I'm like, is that because they just want to free up the waiting list? Are kids just saying, oh, I've got a couple of traits of it, therefore I've got it? Is it a mm. self-fulfilling prophecy? Are there genuinely more kids getting properly diagnosed? Because we know loads of lads, especially men, in our generation, working class predominantly, just yeah. slipped through the cracks who were genuinely ADHD. I know several of them and they never got diagnosed. So is it that? I don't know. I'd have to look more into it. I'm happy to be proven wrong and I'm and I'm happy to like someone to tell me, but I, I don't know enough about that yet. I'm yeah, afraid yeah. To. But uh, yeah, so Gen Z's, I think they're all right. I think they're quite I think the right. ones who are all right, are, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think the ones who are all right are really all right. Yeah. But I think the ones that aren't, I will really do worry for them. I guess that's like all of us. In a yeah, way. I suppose, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm only really exposed to Gen Z when I see the kids in my gym. Yeah. And some of them I'm like, yeah, good on you lads. Yeah, getting in the gym, you know, sorting yourself out and... You know, yeah. you're not on the street, which is good. But then a lot of them, their social skills are not up to it. Yeah, like, yeah. Really not up to it, bless them. Yeah, there's no like, uh, obviously when when we were young, it'd be like, my mum would just leave a door open and be like, go on. You were get, like a latchkey get, kid then. BM, get on your BMX. And yeah. We just all meet in the park. But then now I feel or like... like... Or just go over to each other's houses to play PlayStation, even if we <sighs> yeah. didn't go on headsets. Yeah, so now that's very different. But yeah, I, I worry for the next generation, but that is exactly what an older person would say. And that's what's mm. interesting about all of this, because now I'm starting to be like, oh... Those bloody kids with that <laughs> with those iPads. But were they set? Were the parents saying that about us when we were young? Just another thing. I don't know. It's quite interesting. I mean, phones 
Maybe, but phones weren't that advanced. All those when we kids were young. with that dial-up, that dial-up internet. All those Nokia thirty-two tens playing Snake, you'll ruin their mind. It was a lot more. Yeah, it was a lot more innocent. It was genuinely. Mm. But but then you can also flip that and say there was probably, I mean, as we know, a lot of abuse that was going on in our generation that wasn't spoken about and wasn't brought to the forefront until decades later because of the lack of knowledge and what was going on. 100%. So there's more controls now on what kids can watch and parents have more tools if they do it the right way. But then also if they don't put controls on it or if they don't watch what their kids are watching, then it, they can just repeat the same failures that maybe... Our generation yeah. fell into. I, I I actually I agree to an extent, but I disagree in the way that I think a lot of kids are now being exposed to. I saw an article the other day about about the decreasing age that young people have been exposed to pornography. Oh no, I agree with you. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. If it made if he came off that, I was disagreeing with you. Sorry, I, yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. I I just think that like I think yeah, kids have. I think they're being exposed to. I see it with my my nephew because he's got an iPad and. Mm-hmm. He's got games on it. And, the, and I, a lot of it is the ads that come up. Mate, I get gambling ads sent to me every YouTube video I watch. I placed one yeah. bet in my entire life. Yeah, it's crazy, it's insane. isn't it? And I think YouTube is a lot more regulated than these. You know, these random games that you get with like, you know, you just get it off the app store, right? YouTube, YouTube isn't regulated because the gambling companies can still promote on it to, uh, to kids that are 16 probably I reckon yeah sorry yeah no you're, you're, you're right I just, but I the just, games are also, also bad I, I agree with you yeah. These, yeah, like, yeah really rogue ads that are like for you know oh for, yeah like know, those weird games like, that you, know are the ma- you know the mafia boss ads yeah those like, games yeah 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 it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. scantily clad woman she'll get smacked on the arse and then these are being shown to like teenagers to f- or even pre that yeah yeah, and and that is exposing them to explicit content anyway this is a whole nother I know I'm enjoying it keep going keep going that's a massive massive problem with children I think and um, this is why I said I'm worried about five to ten year olds because I think we're saying that there's a TikTok generation the Gen Z's but there's an OnlyFans generation as well if you want to really go dark yeah I saw a billboard for that advertising OnlyFans someone took a picture of it and posted it on Twitter and I was like I um, think that should be illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want that message getting... If you want to do it, I'm not saying ban it. I'm not on that, you know, for anyone who wants to come at me. But I don't think we should be advertising it publicly. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> it's crazy. That, that stuff's out of hand. And I just I just think that it comes down to when our brains are the most plastic. Uh, is, is when Malleable, when, yeah. Yeah, when you're that age and when your dopamine receptors are kind of learning how to work, really. We didn't these, know shit, mate. Yeah. We didn't know shit. Well, these kids are now on these ads where a lot of them are like casino, not these ads, these games that are like casinos where they'll make an action then there's like this. Loot like, boxes this, and all that. They'll yeah. just package, it's just packaging it's it like up, It's like ding will it? come up and then it'd be like, well done. And then Dopamine and, hit, dopamine yeah. hit. And then yeah. this ad will come up with this like bikini clad woman and it's just like, oh my God, man. What my, my point is earlier when I was saying about Gen Z, Gen Z's had this from an early age, but now... I feel sorry for me in that sense. They've had so much... You're all right. They had so much more to deal with. Now it's yeah. even earlier. Mm. And so now I, I saw a kid in a pram the other day who actually looked young enough to not even have memories <laughs> with an iPad. Because... Uh, was he just watching something? I'm not, I'm not against that. He was a baby, man. He was a baby, and he. Yeah, but was he watching like Yakadi or whatever? Or he, you know, he not... was he was watching something, but like it it was the concept of a literal baby 
having a device. Sure, I do hear that. And, yeah. and, and that to me is like hugely damaging to kids. Yeah, my opinion is more like if an iPad's just being used to watch TV programmes, I'm not really against that. Like regardless yeah, of like, because my mum just, my mum had four kids, you know, she plonked me in front of the TV at God knows what age and yeah. I, was, I came off fine with it. And I'm not I loved parent, watching yeah. Lunch with Mel and Sue after nursery, <laughs> <laughs> followed by Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not a parent yet, so I don't yeah. know, like it must be super difficult for them to... Oh, 100% because, you know, you, my nephews, when they ever get the TV put on for them, it's tra- transfixed. Yeah. And it's just a break. Like I get it, 100% get it because it's energy, you know, they're not mm. watching that. And you've got to be constantly supervising them and entertaining them. I do. I get it for parents. It's tough, but you've obviously got to monitor it and yeah. control the balance. But I, yeah, I reckon there's a new thing, which is like when we were young, it was like, oh, Fred's got this new football boot. Can you get it for me? And now it's probably like, well, I've just seen this new game or this new iPad. Can you get it for me? And oh, mm. this kid's using their iPad all the time. Why can't I do it? And then mm. you're like, you're not giving it to them, and they're, they're probably not. Ha- if you're a good parent, yeah. though, you can put in those boundaries, and it's all yeah. about like how you you discipline your children and how you maintain positive relationships really yeah. communication it'll be interesting to see how as a generation they grow up but um, yeah. i'm really ruined for them mate because me too the ones that don't improve the social skills for the workplace it's going to be hard man i mean i'm extroverted as fuck but i'm very unfiltered so i had a lot of trial and <laughs> trial and error when i was coming out and i made mistakes and i said stupid shit but my communication skills were always at a fairly good level like just speaking over the phone to someone Mm. I had to train and you know work on it and work on my phone manner and stuff but I was always able to like hold a conversation and like you know phone up the dentist when I want like I know people tell me like their young siblings they feel scared like phoning up the dentist to book something it's like you're not talking to the queen yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) god rest her soul yeah so yeah that stuff worries me because they might need much more training absolutely yeah and that's like resources and then you think will employers want to put that in so then therefore will they be employable and it's like so there we go let's reflect on your continued mental health journey then so as i asked in the first topic similar question what has this continued mental health journey taught you about yourself what has it taught me about myself it's taught me that myself isn't actually a fixed thing, I think, and that I can change. Like, I feel like actually that self that was at uni, I think that's a different person to what I am now. And I feel like that can change quite a lot. I feel like... Yeah. I feel like that's a big thing. I can't think of it much else. But obviously I'm... I'm a lot healthier now. Don't know what that You feel means. more well-rounded. Yeah. yeah. Holistic. Yeah. You can't I, be holistic. You can't be more holistic, I guess, but yeah. More you know what holistic, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like what I I feel like as I said earlier, I've I've taught myself that there's a massive connection between a lot of stuff in your mental health, a lot of like mm. the physical stuff, as I was saying earlier, physical exercise and diet. We're just talking about the gut. You know, there's a lot of connection between that and the brain that isn't spoken about enough. And I feel like I've learned a lot about that. A lot of the tinnitus stuff that I was doing actually to improve that has led me on a bit of a journey to improving other bits of my mental health. Having a problem like that and knowing that I needed to it forces remedy you it, to, doesn't it? Mm. by improving my mental health has actually had a knock-on effect and led me to do other stuff that has, has improved it. And it's been like a kind of, like you know, a snowball in effect of... Yeah. Positive progression. Yeah. So, Mm. yeah. Love that, mate. I've loved this conversation, mate. And I've got one final question. 
if you could go back and talk to the Jack in university, he was living his best life, maybe going out a bit too much, but still loving life, maybe a bit close to burnout also, or the Jack who was really struggling with his tinnitus back in part one, or the Jack who was about to embark on this new journey of public speaking and YouTube and what have you, what would you say to him knowing what you do now? I would say, I would say it's going to get better. I'll say that, yeah, everything's going to be all right. And that and that problem that you have, you either probably won't remember it in the future because you'll have other things on your mind. And yeah, not all this stuff is is final. To talking about the tinnitus, like, you know, you can, you can remedy it. I would say to the Jack at uni, do your thing, man. I, I, I don't feel like there's any other way to mm. live your life at that age than how you're going to live it. <laughs> You only get to where you are now because of the journey you've been on, right? Yes. So I, I just, what I'd say to him is go for it. Look, I had so much fun back then as well. And it, you know, so it's like... We've known each other for almost 10 years now, mate. Yeah. How mad that is. It's crazy. We met each other in second year. It's crazy. I still remember being in your house talking about bloody techno and, <laughs> oh, who was it that I was, I was having a rant with you about because you loved him and I was like, oh, I don't like him as a DJ. I was a big techno DJ. What was his I name? Hello. You loved him. He has like wispy sort of like hair, a little bit long. He made like a 10 minute remix once. Is it Marcel Detman? No, it wasn't Detman. He got criticised a lot because he did a set and he just turned his back to the audience the whole time. Ricardo Villalobos. Yeah, Villalobos. That was it. We were both, we were were having a healthy discussion about Ricardo Villalobos. Legend. We're not going to do it again, are we? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's the wrong time. No, not now. I still love it. Yeah, so... Yeah, I just feel like I always have these thoughts. I think we all do of of like, oh, I wish I'd have done that differently. And you know what? I actually would have gone back to me at school and been like, why did you do a marketing degree? And why didn't you do like a film degree or like an art degree? Because you're into art now and you love making films now and all this stuff. Yeah, but then you might not have gone on the path you've gone down. Yeah. An art degree. Yeah. Don't dismiss it, but it 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 might not have been the right choice for you. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like it's all well and good saying all this stuff, but at the end of the day, it's all a journey. And mm. I, all, all I'd say is, yeah, it's going to get better. It's like that famous MF Doom quote, the more you know, the more you know, you don't know shit. <laughs> there you go. That's a great uh, quote to finish mm. on, I reckon. <laughs> 100% mate. Jack, it's been an absolute pleasure, my old mate. Thank you very much for coming back on the Just Checking In podcast and talking to me, mate. No problem. Let's do it again soon. Well, that's all we've got time for on this episode of the Just Checking In pod. I want to say a massive thank you to Jack for being my special guest and for letting me check back in with him. I'll put some links to where you can follow Lifetime Guarantee and subscribe to Jack's YouTube channel and follow him on social media in the show notes. As always, thank you to all the vendors who've tuned into this episode. Remember, if you've liked what you've heard, please give it a share on social media. Tell your friends or work colleagues about it. If you're feeling generous, write us a review and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you like what we're doing here at Vent and want to support us further, you can go to www.patreon.com slash eventshelpuk or make a one-off donation to our GoFundMe or go to our link tree. That's linktr.ee slash eventshelpuk. We hope to check in with you again very soon. And remember, guys, it is always okay to vent. Listener.